Well, blessings, greetings, and salutations to each and every one of you. Yeah, I was just, you know, kind of baby in my throat a little bit. <laughs> I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I know that Lady India is a little uh, nervous when you get in front of people. Amen. And even though it's virtual, but just in case you don't know yet, I'm Apostle Dr. Mamie Talbert. And I greet you in the name of Jesus. I honor God this morning. I honor Apostle Willie Talbert. I honor our lead pastor, Pastor Stephen Talbert. And I honor all of our pastors that are part of Yes Lord Ministries, all of our ministers, and to all of you who are connecting, um, regardless to what the Lord has called you, I salute you. I honor all visiting and guest pastors and preachers, evangelists, deacons, and most importantly, you, God's people, you, the precious people of God. I salute you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is so good to be able to share with you again. We want to get ready for the word of God. Were you in worship? I don't know about you, but when praise and worship is going forth, I get involved and I participate in it. And so a lot of times I'm so engrossed and involved <laughs> until I have to remember, wait a minute, that's right, I'm preaching this morning. Let me, you know, get, get it together so that I can give the people what God has given me to give to them. So get your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Acts the 12th chapter. Acts the 12th chapter. We want to, uh, reading your hearing, Verses 1 through 7 of the book of Acts, the 12th chapter. And you always know I tell you that I use the King James Version, but I also use other versions and translations as well during my studying and my preparation time. And so I'm going to read from the King James Version this morning in your hearing. Are you ready? Drop in the chat and say, I'm ready for the word. Ah, that's what I like. That's what I like. Come on, drop it in there. And it reads, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made. Oh, I, I, with, I need, to, need to go back and read that again to make sure y'all got this. Peter... Therefore was kept in prison. Let that register with you. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. 
he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. This is the word of God that I have already read to you in hearing or in your hearing. The subject that I want to talk to you or preach to you from this morning is the power of a praying church. The power of a praying church. Now, I want you to agree with me on several things. First of all, that God himself will be pleased, honored, and glorified as a result of the word that will come forth this morning or in, at this time, that you, the people, will be encouraged, empowered, reminded, and edified. And listen, that the devil will be disappointed and horrified. Can you lift your hands? Can you clap your hands and say with me, Lord, as your servant has decreed and declared, be it so in your name. Now, come on, let's give the Lord a big hallelujah, a big glory to God, and just give him praise and thank him in advance for what he's about to do. So the power of a praying church, that the subject indicates right there, that the church of God, the church of the living God, yeah, he's alive. The church, <laughs> which is the ecclesia, the church is not brick and mortar, it's us. The church, a living organism, has power. We have access to more power than we could even possibly imagine. Oh, can you think about it? Relationship with the Lord. You receive and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes people get it a little mixed up and they, uh, they say, I accepted Jesus, but it's superficial. There needs to be depth, depth, D-E-P-T-H, in our relationship with the Lord. I'm not judging you. I'm just going by the evidence, the evidence. And see, when we have deep relationship with the Lord, when we are rooted and grounded in him and in his word, there is without a doubt evidence. There's some proof. Y'all hearing me? There is proof that he's on the inside. Let me give you an illustration. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, those of you who bake um, from scratch, can I get an amen? <laughs> you know, there are those of us that, you know, we may get the, the, the box mixes and all that kind of stuff from time to time, but we know how to do it from scratch. Oh, yeah. I can whip up some scratch biscuits, biscuits homemade from scratch. And from time to time, uh, well, more often than not, I know my husband loves homemade biscuits, and so I'll make some. I'll make them specifically for him, even if I just get one. I just want to taste one to make sure it's right. But I primarily make them for him, uh, cornbread from scratch. I like Jiffy. But you know what? There's nothing like cornbread made, cornbread made from scratch. How about bread? Bread that you can make sandwiches with. So years ago, I invested in a bread machine, a bread maker, because I had began to um, make bread homemade uh, from scratch. This is where I'm getting to. 
in the ingredients, I had to put the flour in and all of the other things. But let me tell you this. There was an ingredient that I could not leave out. And that was the yeast. I had to put the yeast in the mix and let it sit, let the dough sit for a bit. For what? So it could rise. What's my point? The rising of the dough was evidence, was proof that there was yeast. There was something, there was leavening, something that made the bread rise with all of the other ingredients I put in there. It had to have yeast so that the bread could rise. There's something that yeast does to bread, y'all. Oh, besides making it taste real good. Even with my homemade biscuits, I have to make sure that there's something in the mix that causes the biscuits to rise light and fluffy. Y'all hearing me? Yeah, I could do it. I, I, I can bring it. I, can, I bring my A game to the kitchen. And so we need relationship and we need to make sure there's proof that there is relationship between us and God. Listen, it's important that there be proof because there are others looking at us, watching us whether we know it or not, but also for ourselves, we need to have that proof that we're in relationship. So what is prayer? Prayer can be defined as talking to God, but it's much more than that. Prayer is an act of worship that glorifies God and reinforces our need for him. See, some people think prayer is just talking, communicating with God, but, but we've got to come in the right spirit, our hearts have to be right. And so that's where the element of worship enters in. Through living a life of prayer, we respond to Christ's work of salvation and communicate with the very source of and purpose for our existence, God the Father. Why should we pray? There's several reasons why we need to pray. We need to pray because first of all, we are commanded to pray. Multiple times we read that we are to be in continual prayer. And you can, when you get home, write these scriptures down so that you can look at it in your leisure time. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and Ephesians 6, 18 through 19. Read that in your leisure. I, I love studying. And in Luke, Jesus modeled having a prayer life for us. He was an excellent example. And he spoke a parable to them in Luke 18 that says that men ought always to pray and not to faint, King James Version, not to lose heart, some other translations. So why should we pray? Number two, we need to pray because it gives God glory. Prayer is a way to serve God. You find proof of that in Luke second chapter, verses 36 through 38. Through prayer, we have the opportunity to glorify and praise God for all he is and so much more. Number three, we need to pray because it helps us to overcome. Jesus tells Peter to pray for strength in overcoming temptation, Matthew 26 and 41. Also, Jesus demonstrates the importance of prayer in making major decisions. And you'll find proof of that in Luke, the sixth chapter. Prayer helps us face 
and overcome all types of struggles. Do you believe that? Look, Matthew 26, 41, I just want to just read it for you a little bit just so you see what it says. I'm going to read the, 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 the King James and the Message Bible. I like the Message Bible from time to time. It says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of y'all know it's true? The Message Bible says this, stay alert. Be in prayer so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. There's a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God. But there's another part that's as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. Don't you love how they put the words? And it's true. We've got to pray and we've got to make sure that we're continually in prayer, talking to God, communing with him, worshiping. We can do that even without people even knowing what we're doing. Another reason why we need to pray, it brings our request to him. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 7, he said that. This doesn't mean that we will be granted anything we ask, but when we ask for things that are in his will, pray in faith believing. He will give those things to us. Then another reason is because it helps us discern his will. Jesus prayed continually to the Father for guidance. Now listen, if Jesus prayed, understand this. We too can begin to understand his will for us when we stay in communion with him. We need the power of prayer for understanding, for spiritual growth, and for unity with God. The prayer doesn't change God, but it changes the one who offers it. Understand, we're in the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, there are different uh, events that occur. What is the book of Acts all about? Go back and study that when you get an opportunity. First of all, you see the martyrdom of James the apostle and the imprisonment of Peter by Herod Agrippa who was now or then the king in Judea. Understand this, the martyrdom of James the apostle. And then he snatches Peter and throws him in prison when he sees that the people love what he's doing. They love the fact that he is, he is persecuting the Christians, the believers, the servants of God. And so how many know that even in that day, he was a politician. He was in politics. And so oftentimes they'll promise things, some of them. Now, how many know God got some people in, in politics? He got some true women and men of God who are saved, sanctified, holy, baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost and will not compromise. And that's why they face such opposition at times because they really are fighting for the people and they're representing God the right way. But at this time, Herod Agrippa was all caught up in the emotion and in the spectatorship and the fact that the people was loving what he was doing. So what did he do? He grabbed Peter, threw him in prison. Peter, the servant of God, who's representing the Lord. 
Peter, who's taking a stand. Peter, who was the disciple who believed Jesus so much so that he walked on water. Peter, Peter, a man of faith and power. Peter, y'all get where I'm going with this. Listen, we can do all we can do and do things right and do our best. It does not mean we will not encounter some challenges. No doubt as you continue reading about Peter and the different things he did, a lot of these challenges, a lot of these um, tribulations and the persecutions built him up, built him up and fortified him so much so until miracles, signs, and wonders took place. No doubt Herod had heard about some of the miracles that were occurring because of Peter's conviction and his devotion to the Lord. And so he threw him in prison. Understand, it's easy to get discouraged when you're challenged and when you're confronted. Anybody hearing me? Anybody hearing me out there? Sometimes we think we're the only ones going through. How many of you know? You're not the only one going through. And you know what I found out, precious people? I found out that there are times that there's somebody who's going through something much worse than I am. Even though mine's is rough, then I find out that somebody else is dealing with something a lot rougher. And so it's interesting that he threw Peter in prison during the time or right before the Passover, right before Easter. And here's the thing. His plan, oh, somebody need to say his plan. His plan was to pull Peter out of prison and bring him before the people so he could complete what he had started doing. Now, remember, he had already killed James. So his goal was to get rid of Peter as well, but he wanted to bring him before the people so that the people could be involved in the process. But Peter's, the delay of Peter's trial, even though it would have been done in a kangaroo court, y'all know what I'm talking about. It wouldn't have been fair. The delay of Peter's trial gave the church time to do what they were supposed to do. Can I tell you something? Nobody has to tell us that we're supposed to pray. Nobody has to tell us that. We already know that we are supposed to pray. It is mandated that we're supposed to pray. I already gave you scriptures to prove that we are supposed to pray. Why wait for a corporate gathering? And I'm not beating down on anybody who won't get on the prayer calls. Although you should, I'm not beating on anybody who don't want to pray publicly. I get it. I understand. But at least you can unite. You can unite with the rest of the Ecclesia. <laughs> and then listen, I'm so happy because you can be in one place praying. I can be in another place praying. Somebody can be somewhere else praying. But we can all unite together as one in the Holy Spirit. And we can get this job done. Is anybody hearing me? Somebody need to say glory. Hallelujah. So it gave them time to do what they were supposed to do. 
They were very particular in their prayers for him. We need to be specific when we're praying. What is it you want to see? You know, it's interesting because research has been done even by uh, some folk who were not in the church as to e the effectiveness of prayer or having a prayer life. And it was found that it was very important. But here's the thing. It was also found that it was important how you pray and what you pray. You can't come to God in prayer doubting that he hear you. There are times I've heard people, it sound real cute. God, I don't know if you hear me. Well, why are you talking? That sound real humble, don't it? No, I know you hear me, God. I come to you because I'm coming expecting to receive because I know you can hear me. God, I know you're not deaf. I know you're not hard of hearing and you have not turned away from me. God, you haven't withdrawn yourself from me. You hear me, God, and so that's why I'm coming to you talking. Why? Because you hear your servant's prayer. And so stop trying to sound all cute and, and, and super humble. Just come to him being real. Keep it 100. Somebody drop in the chat. Keep it 100. Keep it 100. Keep it 100 with God because he already know you. He already know who we are. He know our hearts. He know our minds. He know our secret thoughts, our private thoughts, our secret thoughts, our private thoughts. He know the intent. He know the intentions of us. And so we've got to be intentional when we come to him in prayer, in faith, believing. I'm talking about the power of a praying church. So what happened? They threw Peter in prison. The scripture says not only did they throw him in prison, but look at this. They put him in prison and assigned four quartillion to quartillions, four quartillions. Can I get that out? <laughs> four quartillions of soldiers, guards, to guard him. Why did they need that many guards guarding him? You know, I, I, I looked it up and I checked it out and I said, what is a quartillion? And I found out that there's more than one definition to that word. But in essence, what it means is there were four soldiers who guarded him. Each quartillion has four. And so they assigned the quartillions to guard him. Now, some theologians say it was four men, four soldiers guarding him. Some say it was anywhere from seven to 14 guarding him. Regardless to how many soldiers were guarding him. It's interesting to note that they felt that they needed that many guards for this one man. That tells you something right there. They had heard about the God he served. They had heard about the miracle. Somebody hear me here. You don't tell me that all of those things were going on and they hadn't heard about it. It had already been, the scripture uses this term sometimes, noised abroad. And so they had already heard. And so the church was stirred to pray. And the scripture says prayer was made without ceasing. In other words, 
continually. Anybody ever been to a shut-in? When I was coming along after we got, after I got saved, rather, after I got saved back in the day, I remember the shut-ins. And I remember that you came, listen, don't bring no pillow so you can fall asleep while you're praying. Although some people did because they knew they could not stay woke throughout the night. And so we would pray. We would pray around the clock. We would take turns praying. Um, and as we would pray, sometimes we pray on our knees. Sometimes we would pray standing up. Sometimes we would pray bowing. Whatever way we would pray in humble submission unto God. And so we would pray around the clock until the break of day, until the morning came. So prayer was made without ceasing. It was prosuche ectene, which is a Greek term meaning fervent prayer. Ectene, E-K-T-E-N-E-S, is a medical term. That means the stretching of a muscle. And so it's the word that's used concerning Christ praying in his agony. Remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane. It is the fervent prayer of the righteous, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous that avails much. They prayed without ceasing. Why? James had already been killed. They didn't want another one going down. And so they took it up a notch. Is anybody hearing me? Sometimes we're more uh, uh, reactive than proactive in our prayer life. God wants us to begin to be more proactive. Even though there are times we are reactive, he wants us to take it up a notch and also become proactive. What, that, what does that mean? What does that mean, apostle? What does that mean? It means I'm praying when things are well. I'm praying, why? Because I'm sensitive in the spirit and God is telling me you need to pray. He's waking me up all hours of the night saying, pray. Anybody been there? Oh, don't tell me you sleep all the way through. I know there are some that will sleep all the way through. Soon as they hit, hit the pillow, they gone. But then there are those of us in the night. It's like a tap. It's like the angel of the Lord comes and taps us on the shoulder and says, arise, get up. We get up and we're looking around. Why am I awake? Because it's time to pray. What am I praying for? I'll tell you when you get in position. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Oh, hallelujah. It's an assignment from God. And so they prayed extended prayer. They prayed even when they were tired, they continued to pray. Anybody hearing me? Like the shut-ins. Even though you got sleepy and tired, you kept praying. And they continued praying without ceasing. It's interesting because Ian Bound says this, the life of the church is the highest life and its office is to pray. Its prayer life is the highest life, the most fragrant, the most conspicuous. When God's house on earth is a house of prayer, then God's house in heaven, y'all hearing this, is busy and powerful in its plans and movement. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people, Isaiah 56 and seven. Listen, then his earthly armies are clothed with the triumphs and spoils of victory. 
and his enemies are defeated on every hand. The very life and prosperity of God's cause, even its very existence, depends on prayer. And the advance and triumph of his cause depend on one thing, that we ask of him. E.M. Bounds said that. The time has come to lift or raise the bar of expectations. We've got to raise our expectations. We've got to come to God with expectancy. Y'all know what I always say. Expectancy, say it with me, is the breeding ground for miracles. Somebody need to put that in the chat in all capital letters. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. What does that mean? I come to God expecting him to respond to my prayers. Transformation is attainable for God. This is the heartbeat of God. It's not the work of man. It's the finger of God. Listen, the scripture says, if you call on me, I will answer. Isn't that what he said? He takes care of all the problems. He responds to our prayers. And we become a beacon of light and hope for people. And so we need to make sure that we pray. Why? Because when we pray, success is sure to follow. A church that prays is a successful church. I didn't say how many members you got. If you have no prayer life, if you have no prayer in the church, it's doomed for failure. The supernatural element in any church without which it must Fail comes only through praying, praying. In this time that we're living in, we need to pray like never before. There are countless examples of people in the Bible who prayed. Now remember, they prayed without ceasing. Hannah was fertile, was infertile rather. Hannah couldn't have a baby. And she prayed desperately for a son. Y'all know the, the results of the story. God gave her a son, the prophet Samuel. But it's so awesome because even after that, she and she dedicated him because she promised God, God, if you give me a child, I will dedicate him to you, that he will serve you all the days of his life. And that's exactly what she did. And that's what Samuel did. But it's so wonderful because when God responded to prayer, he opened up her womb. Her, and she became fruitful. Not only did she give birth to Samuel, but she also had about five other children. And another example is when Jerusalem was under siege. So Hezekiah prayed. Y'all hearing this? The king, Hezekiah, prayed so that the people could be saved. He told the people to keep their faith in God and pray for delivery from the enemy. Now, O oh Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you alone, O oh Lord, are God. Second Kings 19. That night, the angel of the Lord killed about 185,000 Assyrian soldiers, which compelled the rest of the army to return home without a fight. Whenever God's people follow his plan, he wages war on their behalf. What did I tell y'all? These are just examples of the results of victory being received 
when we pray. Hezekiah, again, he prayed because God told him he was going to die. And so in the second, in second Kings, the 20th chapter, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall after the prophet Isaiah came to him with a message from God, you're going to die. He said, remember, oh Lord, how I've walked before you. He began to play out the things as if God didn't know. Not only did God turn it, <laughs> oh, hallelujah, but God added 15 more years to his life. Daniel prayed. He prayed for his life and the life of his friend. Remember when the king had a dream and he couldn't figure out the dream? None of his wise counselors could figure out the dream. And so Daniel was the one that God used to interpret the dream. And as he interpreted the dream, not only was Daniel and his friends saved, but they were also elevated to positions of high authority in that pagan country. Daniel would become a spiritual influence and a powerful influence to three other kings. You have no idea what God will do if you're willing to identify yourself as a praying believer who expects God to answer. Let me tell you a true story, a personal story. Y'all know I used to work in corporate over 30 years in the industry that I was in and I had worked my way up to corporate. And so I remember coming in to work and I remember uh, some coworkers running up to me, saying to me, can I talk to you? And so we went into the conference room and we, they began to open up and they began to ask me to pray. Why? Not because I was walking around with a sign on my back, because they saw that there was something different. And a couple of, or a few of them would ask me, they would say, there's something different about you. Are, are you a Christian? Well, of course I was proud to say I was. But I realized that it was more important that they saw it rather than me say it, huh? Whether than me going around saying, y'all know I'm a Christian, y'all know y'all need to stop doing that. I didn't, I wouldn't say any of that. I was just walking around, do my work, do what I was supposed to do. I tell you this, God began to set me up when I went into full-time ministry and I began to take assigned consulting assignments. Every company that I was a consultant was an assignment from God. There were lives that were transformed and changed as a result of my taking that assignment. Why? Because I found myself time and time again in the conference room, in the conference room, praying for somebody. Uh, at lunchtime, leading a Bible study. Anybody hearing me? God will give you an assignment. Now, somebody might say, yeah, but you always had a call on your life. Baby, it, you didn't need to have a title. All you needed to be is in love with God and have relationship with him. And God would endow you with that power, that dunamis, that exousia power. If, are you hearing me? That, that, that kind of power that breaks up. Oh, let me, let me finish this up before I, I get too excited because I'm getting ready to wrap up. And, and so understand that the praying church touches heaven and the results and the evidence is supernatural miracles. We must make prayer a priority. Understand that the church prayed without ceasing for Daniel. What happened? While Daniel was sleeping between, that's right, 
He had peace because he knew that God had him. He had peace because he knew that he belonged to God. When you know you belong to the Lord, you can have peace even when stuff falling around, falling apart all around you. You can have peace in the midst of chaos. You can have peace. And so as you get, as I get ready to wrap this thing up, understand that the scripture said that while he was yet sleeping with the guards guarding him and the guards on the outside guarding the door, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord, oh, somebody need to hear me. The angel of God came and tapped Peter and said, arise up. Get up, man. Come with me. Anybody ever had an angel of the Lord tap you on the shoulder? Have you ever been awakened out of your sleep and you felt as if somebody touched you right before you woke up? Come on here now. How many know that we've got angels on assignment? I give God glory for every angel that has been assigned to me. The ministering angels and the warring angels. I've got proof that there are angels that are doing what they're supposed to do. None of my angels are on unemployment, but all of my angels are functioning. They're active. I keep them busy. Why? Because I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I will not be afraid of the terror by night. I will not fear what man can do. Because I've got God and I belong to a praying church. We've got power, people of God. And so Daniel got up and the Bible says, the Bible says, and they began to walk through. Daniel was following the angel. Y'all will get this after a while. And the Bible said that the gates just opened up. Anybody ever saw that in that passage of scripture? Go to Acts 12 and you'll see that the gates just opened up by themselves. I remember we had a shut-in a long time ago. And that Sunday after the shut-in, we were in the service and the glory of God filled the house. And as we began to praise and to thank God for what he had done and for what he was doing and for what he was about to do. The doors in the back swung open by themselves. How many know the angel of God, the power of God, the presence of God? I'm talking about a praying church, a praying church. And so the Bible goes on to say they walked through the gates and the chains fell off Peter's hands. Hallelujah. The angel didn't need a natural key for he had a supernatural power. Hallelujah. The power of a praying church. When we realize it and when we catch the revelation, you will understand that nobody should have to beg you to pray. Nobody should have to coax you to pray. Nobody should have to remind you to pray. But you should be up and on the prayer call. You should be up and walking and praying in your house. You should be up every time we call a time of prayer. You ought to be on your way. 
prayer thing. How many know? Don't wait until corporate prayer is called. But make sure your prayer life is in order. Make sure it's alive and functioning. You can pray and things happen. I can remember there was a woman who was involved in an auto accident. We knew her personally. Our families knew each other. And word got back to us. They don't expect her to make it. And I heard God say, now y'all got to understand I was just a teenager, but I heard God say, daughter, if you pray, I will spare her life. I believe God was trying to impress upon me the importance of nurturing and developing my prayer life. And so I remember going into my room. I wasn't married at this time. And I went into my room and I closed the door and I heard God say again, if you pray. Now, I don't know who else he was talking to. I don't believe I was the only one praying, but I heard God say, if you pray, anybody hearing me, I got on my knees and I began to cry out to the Lord. It's not in the fancy words. It's not sounding all deep and trying to sound like you got it like that. But pray from your heart. The effectual fervent prayer. The sincere prayer, one scripture says. The sincere prayer. And so I prayed from my heart. And I asked the Lord to give her another chance because she wasn't saved. I asked the Lord to spare her life. I asked the Lord to amaze the doctors. I asked the Lord to bring her out of the hospital. And I got up off my knees after I began to thank him for hearing me. And a few days later, somebody say a few days, a few days later, I believe that the angel of the Lord, the moment I started praying, walked into that hospital room and touched that woman. Because a few days later, we got word that she was recovering and on her way out of the hospital. Can you give God glory? Can you give him praise? Can you pray until you pray? Hallelujah. Thank him in advance. Come on, thank him, thank him, thank him. Remember, we're touching heaven. We're touching heaven. When we pray, we're touching heaven. Hallelujah. And we're bringing the supernatural into the earth realm. That's right, that's right. You, 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 you. Listen, you sister, you're touching heaven. Brother, you're touching heaven. Regardless to who you are, you're touching heaven. The power. The power, the power of a praying church. I pray that you have been blessed and encouraged. Oh my God, to pray like never before. Hallelujah. I pray that this has been a blessing for you, you, and you. And if you're out there and you want to receive and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're going to give you an opportunity to do just that. If you need a church home, we're going to give you an opportunity to become part of Yes, Lord Ministries. Yes, Lord Ministries is a good church. You can realize, you can see come 
to realization, the purpose, the plan, and the destiny that God has for your life. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now. We thank you for those that are connected. And God, we thank you for those that want to receive and accept you, God. And we thank you for those that will receive and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, those that will rededicate their lives unto the Lord. We thank you now for those that want to receive and accept Jesus Christ. Just repeat with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for forgiving me for my sins. I repent of my sins. God, your word says that if I believe in my heart, if I confess with my mouth that I am saved. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Lord, we thank you for those that have repeated that simple prayer, oh God. And Lord, help them to know that even as simple as it was, there was power in that prayer that you receive and you accept them, Lord. And I thank you now. I thank you for every everyone that's connected out there. God, their individual situations, their needs. God, we lift them up before you right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you now for hearing your people because we know without a doubt you're moving on our behalf. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray you've been blessed and we want to make sure that you connect with us so that we can give you next steps and let you know, and not just let you know what the next steps are, but to walk you through and walk with you through those next steps. Stay blessed and refreshed in the Lord, the power of a praying church. Partner with YLM Financially using the following methods. Text giving, text give to one 948 3895. Givelify. Search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Our website. Visit www.ylmconnect.org and click donate. Cash app. Dollar sign Yes Lord M. Mail checks or money orders to Yes Lord Ministries. P.O. Box 425. Union, New Jersey 07083. You're invited to our Sunday morning virtual worship experience at 8.30 a.m. Every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m., join us for our Sunday night Ignite service. Every Wednesday morning from 5.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., join us for corporate prayer. Our call-in number is 716-427-1096. And the access code is 172268-POUND. Every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m., join us for Spread the Bread Bible Study as we dive into the Word of God. Subscribe to our podcast, YLM Sermon of the Week, on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On behalf of our senior leaders, Apostle Willie Talbert, Apostle Mamie S. Talbert, Lead Pastor Steve Talbert, and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.